Mm-hmm. All right, First Timothy chapter 2 and verse 8, he says, I desire then that in every place the men should pray, lifting holy hands without anger, likewise also that women should adorn themselves in respectable apparel with modesty and self-control, not with braided hair and gold or pearls or costly attire, but with what is proper for women who profess godliness with good works. So, again, modesty, modesty and self-control. So what, is, what does it mean? What, what, what attire should our women wear? This is the question. What attire should we wear? What attire should we wear? How should we dress? He says, first of all, women should adorn themselves in respectable apparel with modesty and self-control. I like the New American Standard Bible version in this. First Timothy chapter 2 and verse 8, he says, uh, in verse 9, Likewise, I want women to adorn themselves with proper clothing, modestly, and discreetly, not with braided hair and gold or pearls or costly garments, but rather by means of good works, as is proper for women making a claim to godliness. So what is proper clothing? The Bible tells you what proper clothing is. It is clothing that is modest and discreet, and it is not seductive hairstyles. It's not jewelry or costly clothing. It's plain clothing. He says, but and rather by means of good works, as is proper for women making a claim to godliness. So in other words, the thing, the, the focus of our dress <clears throat> should not be to try to draw attention to who we are, to draw attention to us. It should, the point of our dress should be to focus on godliness, holiness, purity, good works. When people look at us, they should look at us as holy, godly, pure. They should not be looking at us to lust after us. In other words, our clothing should not inspire people to lust. It shouldn't. It doesn't mean that people are not going to lust because people are can people can, you know, lust over anything. But the point of fact is is that people should not be inspired to lust by what I wear. That's the bottom line there. It's the focus of my clothing should be godliness and holiness. And so and we see the same thing with, uh, we, we see Paul saying this in 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 8. But then Peter the apostle also confirms the exact same thing in 1 Peter chapter 3 and um, verse, verses 3. 1 Peter chapter 3, 3. He says, do not let your adorning be external. <clears throat> Do not let it be external. That means that's a command. Do not let your outward adorning, your adorning be external. Don't. It shouldn't be your clothes. It shouldn't be any of that. He says the braiding of hair. What does he mean by that? Do not let your adorning be external. In the very same verse, he tells us the braiding of hair, seductive hairstyles, putting on of gold jewelry or the clothing you wear. It shouldn't be. That should not be what is adorned. Right. It should not no no jewelry, no makeup, none of this, none of this stuff, he says, and, ex, and expensive clothing. It should be plain clothing. He says, but let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is in God's sight 
which is very precious. So in other words, what he's saying is, is that our, uh, it's, it's one or the other. One cancels out the other. We should not be wearing braided hair, putting on a gold jewelry and uh, the clothing that we wear. In other words, flashy, showy clothing. Why? Because that takes away from the adornment of the hidden person of the heart that distracts from that. See, one thing I think we fail to realize is that every in everything that we do, we're supposed to be a witness for Jesus Christ, Yeshua the Messiah. Everything that we do, even our dress, is supposed to be a witness to the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so he says, what is the true beauty? What is the true beauty? He's saying, do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair and the putting on of gold jewelry or the clothing you wear, but let your adorning be what? The hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is in God's sight, very precious. You see, so what is the imperishable beauty? What is the true beauty? The true beauty is a gentle and a quiet spirit. And that is a testimony of the activity and working of the spirit of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is the, that is the working of his spirit. That is, that, and, and that is our clothing is supposed to be a witness to that. Our women's clothing is supposed to witness to that. Not to their physique, not to their facial beauty, not to their, uh, the, the, body, the, the beauty of their physical body. The witness is supposed to be of their gentle and quiet spirit, which is a testimony to the working of Jesus Christ in our heart. And so in, and he says, for this is how, and this is not new, this is not a new thought, a new idea or anything like that, because in, in 1 Peter 3, 5, he says, for this is how the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves. They did not adorn themselves wearing gold jewelry and uh, fancy clothing and uh, seductive hairstyles, braiding of hair, that's what that means, seductive hairstyles. They didn't do any of that, he says, but by submitting to their own husbands. He says, for this is how the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves by submitting to their husbands as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. And so, again, what is the true beauty, the true adornment, gentleness, quietness of spirit and submission, gentleness, quietness of spirit and submission? That is the true beauty from God. That is the true beauty, the imperishable beauty. Of a, of a gentle and quiet spirit. So we have a standard. We have a standard. We have a standard given by God. What is the true beauty and what is not? The true beauty is not external. It's internal. And our external should be downplayed or muted to emphasize the internal. That's the point. It's the external must be muted so that way the internal can be manifested. And that's the whole point. It's supposed to be a witness. But, you know, you get a lot of folks who push back on this and get angry because they want to be, they want to distract from the internal because their internal isn't right. So they want to focus on the external. Uh, they want to focus on the jewelry, the makeup, the gold. Why? Because they're trying to get attention. They're trying to get attention for themselves and try to, instead of trying to draw attention to Jesus Christ, Yeshua the Messiah. So they don't, they don't want their external to be muted they want it to be loud. They want it to be, you know, look at me, look at me, because why? Their internal, their spirit life is not right with God. Now, the question becomes is, 
well, again, so we have a standard. It's not the satanic standard of the world because the external, this is what, in other words, this is what Peter is saying here. What Peter is saying here is the same thing that Paul said again in Romans chapter 12 and verse one. Do not, he says, therefore, he says, uh, as we are to be living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, he says, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. In other words, there is a pattern of the world regarding beauty. We don't want to conform to that. That, that pattern of the world, that world standard of beauty is from Satan. It makes people never feel like they're good enough. It makes people feel inadequate. It makes people feel jealous and want to compete for good looks and for people to look at them. It draws attention to yourself. It makes you, it emphasizes the self. It glorifies the self. It draws attention to the self. That's Satan. That standard of beauty that says you're not good enough unless you put on this paint, this face paint, these eyeshadow, this and that makeup and all this stuff. You're not good enough. You're not beauty. You always got to have this thing, that additional thing, that, this, this, perfume, blah, blah, blah. It's not enough. And that's of the devil because what that makes, that, that makes women feel inadequate. That makes people feel inadequate. You're always chasing, 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 chasing after this so-called, quote, this elusive quote unquote beauty that you never that you can never get to because the bar keeps changing every single time. And so this is what this is why, uh, again, the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, the holy men of God, our leaders say, forget that. Forget the standard of the world. Forget the standard of uh, the, the world standard of beauty. Forget about that. The imperishable beauty, God's standard of beauty is a gentle and quiet and submissive spirit. First Peter three and verse verses um, uh, three through six. So a submissive spirit, a gentle, a quiet, a submissive spirit. That's the true beauty, the inner beauty. Now the question is: Is does God have a? Does is this is this again a new idea? Because you get a lot of pushback. Oh well, this is just your interpretation, brother. You know, this is just your inter- interpretation. You know, you're you're just making stuff up. Blah blah blah. <clears throat> The Bible says that we should dress with modesty and with self-control. Back to 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 8 through um, verse 10. 1 Peter chapter 2 verses 8 through 10. He says, I desire then that in every place... Um, he says, I, uh, I'm sorry. Likewise, I want women to adorn themselves. Verse 9. Um I want women to adorn themselves with proper clothing, modestly and discreetly, modestly and discreetly. That's how our dress should be. It should be modest. It should be discreet. That is muted, quiet, discreet, not with braided hair and gold or pearls or costly garments, but rather good works. Again, the true clothing, submission, gentleness, (coughs) uh, meekness, good works, our clothing ought to reflect that, the internal rather than the external. Now, again, is when you say modestly, what do we mean by modestly? Uh, we have, does God, is this, is this a new, is modesty in dress covering up ourselves? Is that new? That is the question. What did God do in the beginning? Does God have a standard of clothing besides is there another witness of God's standard of clothing besides 
um, these two verses, First Peter, uh, I'm sorry, First Timothy chapter two, verses eight through ten, and First uh, Peter chapter three, and verses three through five. Is there another? Is there? A, do we have a witness in the Old Testament of this? The answer is yes, we do. If we look at Genesis chapter three and verse seven, what we find is is that after Adam and Eve had sinned, in Genesis chapter three, verse seven. After Adam and Eve had sinned, what happened? They sowed fig leaves together. He says in Genesis chapter three, verse seven, then the eyes of both were open and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. Now, um, so after they had sewed, sewed those fig leaves together um, to make, and what did they make? They made a loincloth and the word for a loincloth is chagor which is a girdle, a belt, or a loincloth. And the loincloth only covers the private area, right? It only covers the private area. So for Adam, it only covered his genitalia. For Eve, it only covered her genitalia and uh, breast area. So it only covered those two things, the, 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 the private parts, okay? And you see people who dress like that even to this day. Right, who 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 want to go back to eat and go back to the uh, fall, dressing and just wearing want to wear loincloths. But what did the Lord say? The Lord said, "No, you're not going to dress like that. After the fall, you're not going to dress like that." He says in verse twenty, "Then uh, the man called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living." And I'll just add a, just a quick point on that. Um, anytime a woman has a separate identity from the man or wants a separate identity, you know sin has happened. Um, and that's what we're looking at today with the feminist movement and all these women who want to be independent from men. He says, after the fall, verse 20, the man called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all the living. So whenever we know a woman wants to be independent from man, it's sin. In verse 21, and the Lord God made for Adam and for his wife garments of skins and clothe them. So they thought they thought that they were doing good by sewing fig leaves together and covering their private area. God said, "No, that's not good enough." He says, "And for the Lord God, and the Lord God made for Adam and for his wife garments of skins and clothed them." And so, the, and the Lord is the inventor of clothing. The word coats there, or no, the the King James version uses coats. Um, the word coats, he, or um, you could put um, coats of skins. That's how the King James puts it, coats of skins. Um, and that word coats there is cottonet, which means tunic, right? It means tunic. Um, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a long sleeve shirt that comes down to the knees and rarely even to the ankles, Okay, and so this is how the Lord God of heaven dressed them after they fell, right? The, the Levitical, for example, you find this also in Leviticus 16, 4 and so on. When you look at the word tunic throughout the, the scriptures, what is that? Um, every picture of a Levitical tunic um, has the shirt going all the way down near the ankles, Right, it's a completely the body is completely covered. Your your arm the arms are covered. The your entire uh, chest and legs, your entire body is covered. And the Bible even says that why? Because in, even in First Corinthians twelve and twenty four, he says those unpresentable parts must be treated with even more modesty. 
right? It must be covered up. That's how our dress should be. It should be, again, modestly and discreetly, as the apostle said in um as the apostle said in First uh, uh, Timothy in chapter two, with modestly and discreetly, modestly and discreetly, covering up the body, covering up your body, okay? And we find the exact opposite of that. If if I if I don't want to dress modestly, <clears throat> then who do am I trying to dress like? If I want people to draw attention to me, if I want people to look at me, if I'm trying to wear gold jewelry and makeup and and um and tight fitting clothing and be, you know, if I want if I want people to look at me and if I believe in that, then what behavior is that? If I want attention, what behavior is this? There's a verse for that in Proverbs in chapter 7 and verse 10. There is somebody who does dress like that and who does believe in that. For Proverbs chapter 7 and verse 10. The Bible says, And behold, the woman meets him dressed as a prostitute, wily of heart. Verse 11. She is loud and wayward. Her feet do not stay at home, now in the street, now in the market. And at every corner, she lies in wait. So what does she do? A a prostitute dresses loudly. She is loud. The prostitute is loud. Look at me. Look at me. Draw attention to me. Pay attention to me. Look at me. I want you to look at my body. Look at my face. Look at my hair. Look at me. Look at me. That's what a prostitute says. A prostitute says, look at my body. And she's going to dress in such a way that people look at her body. So she's going to look at wear tight form fitting clothing. She's going to have her uh, cleavage showing. She's going to have all her. um, She's going to want people to look at the flowing of her of her hair. And she wants people to look at her face and her makeup. That's what she wants. She wants. That's what a prostitute wants. A prostitute wants attention. A prostitute wants attention. And that's the thing. If we're going to, and if, and our women in the church, if we dress like this, they're dressing no different than prostitutes because they're trying to draw attention to themselves. And the Bible says in first Timothy chapter two and in second and in first Peter chapter three, that it should be the exact opposite, that it should be that our dress should be modestly modest and discreet, that it should be muted to where the attention is not on ourselves, but on Jesus Christ and on submission and on obedience, on godliness, on gentleness and submissiveness and holiness. And good works. That's what the focus should be. It should be a witness and a testimony to Jesus Christ. That's how our dress should be. And so when you find somebody who wants to dress the opposite way, they want to wear tight pants. They want to wear uh, tight shirts that where the breasts and stuff are bulging out. They want to wear uh, pants that have the, the butt showing and, and they're, or they're showing their legs. Or they want to wear makeup and they want to wear earrings and, and <clears throat> have their hair all in a way that's all seductive and... <clears throat> Uh, attractive for men. When you do that, that is the dress and the behavior of a prostitute. A prostitute, the Bible makes plain here in Proverbs chapter seven and 10, that she is loud 
and wayward. Her feet do not stay at home. She says, look at me, pay attention to me. That's what a prostitute, that's the spirit and attitude of a prostitute. Look at me, pay attention to me. Look at my dress, look at my body, look at my face, look at me. Whereas the Christian and holy woman says, look at Jesus. Look how good he is. Look how submissive and obedient he was. Look at all the good things that he did while he was on earth. Look at, look at him, look at him, look at him. That's what the holy and godly woman says. Look at him. Pay attention to him. Now, going back to 1 Timothy in chapter 2 and verse 9 in the New American Standard Bible, he says, Likewise, I want women to adorn themselves with proper clothing, modestly and discreetly, not with braided hair and gold or pearls or costly garments, but rather by means of good works. How do I, as, as is proper for women making a claim to godliness. So in other words, how do I translate or transmit that beauty to the outside world? How do I transmit the beauty? How, how do I communicate beauty? He is saying, I communicate beauty by good works. I communicate beauty by modestly and and discretion in my dress. I communicate beauty by not uh, allowing dressing in a way that is distracting. That is braided hair, gold and pearls and costly garments. I should not do that. That's And no woman should do that. That's what he's trying to say there. I communicate beauty by muting the external and emphasizing the internal, the holiness of and beauty and working of the Holy Spirit. But it's interesting because the word modestly here in the New American Standard Bible in 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 9, when he says modestly and discreetly, what does that mean? Uh, modestly, the word modest there uh, is modestly there is idos or shame or reverence. That's what it means. Modestly in the, in the Greek is idos and it means shame or reverence which precedes and prevents the shameful act. Okay, keep that in mind. Modestly, in this verse, is idos, and it means shame or reverence that precedes and prevents the shameful act. Then you have the word discreetly, sophrosyne, and that which means soundness of mind and self-control. So now let's plug those definitions into this verse here. A woman's dress... In other words, modestly, remember it's idols, shame or reverence, which precedes and prevents the shameful act. So a woman's dress should prevent lust, which precedes the shameful act of fornication. That's how a woman's dress should be. A woman's dress should prevent lust, which pre precedes the shameful act of fornication, right? Because fornication is the shameful act. So a woman's dress should prevent that. Now, again, this does not mean that a person is not going to lust over you, even if you were in, if you, even if you are covered from head to toe, somebody, some, some, the human, the human mind has the capacity to lust over anything. But the bottom line is, is that my dress should not inspire you to lust. Our women's dress should not inspire people to lust. For men, it's the same thing. We ought not to be going outside wearing muscle shirts, half naked, you know, showing, you know, showing our muscles, showing our thighs, showing our behind. We shouldn't be doing any of that, advertising ourselves. Our dress should do what? It should prevent lust. It should prevent lust. 
It should be working to prevent lust, which which precedes the shameful act of fornication. And that's part of the reason why there is so much fornication and sexual immorality is because of the way that we dress. We entice people to lust. We entice people to want to have sex with us. We entice people to want to know us carnally instead of dressing in a muted fashion to where the external is completely understated and where the internal is over is 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 the thing that's being communicated godliness submission holiness um obedience and gentleness so our dress should prevent lust there should be nothing about our dress that inspires lust um we should dress with a sense of shame Shame at the very thought of raising up lust in someone's heart. Shame at the very thought that the temple of God could be turned into an object of sinful pleasure. And this is where reverence comes in. When people approach a holy place, there is a change of behavior. People become serious. Playfulness stops. Joking stops. Inappropriate conversation stops. And all foolish behavior stops. In that holy area, think of, uh, think of um, you know, when you, when you enter into a, a church facility or think of when you're, you're going into some, some um, uh, a, holy, uh, a holy place, what happens? And in that holy area, people walk slowly. They tread lightly. They act carefully. There is a reverence. There is a reverence, you see, a deep sense of seriousness and solemnness. And the holy place is an ordered and controlled environment. And that is what our dress must convey. Our dress must convey seriousness, reverence, reservedness, conservativeness, holiness, purity, separation from the world and its culture, order, control, caution, discretion, discipline. That's what our dress ought to communicate. It should communicate sophrisony, discretion, soundness of mind and self-control. That's what it should communicate. When people come around us, they need to have a sense of seriousness, a sense of solemnness, a sense of, 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 of holiness and purity, a sense that this is a holy place. When they get around us, our dress should communicate, I'm not somebody to be hit on or, or you know, cat, cat calling and this and that. You don't do that around me. You, you see what I mean? Our women, that's how they're do what their dress should communicate. I'm off limits to you for that for carnal pleasure. I'm off limits. And for the men too, it's the same thing. Our dress ought to communicate the same thing. That I'm not here to be play, I'm not here to be played around with or, or to be joked with and have inappropriate conversations with and have and be fooling around and acting a fool and you know to be just acting recklessly. I'm I'm not for that. My body is the temple of living God. It's holy, it's godly, it's pure, it's sanctified. You see, you need to when you come, there needs to be some fear and some reverence when you enter into my presence. And the same thing with women. When we enter into the presence of our holy women, there ought to be some fear and reverence as to how I treat you. And how we and how men get treated, how we treat each other, there needs to be fear and reverence because we're the temple of God. And the Bible says, if any man defile the temple of God, verse First uh, Corinthians three and seventeen, if any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. We are the temple of God. There needs to be some fear, and that ought to be communicated in our dress that I fear God. I'm not a prostitute. I'm a holy woman of God. And that's how the holy women of old used to dress. And that's how the holy women of old used to act. 
Paul says in 2 Timothy in chapter 2, in verse 3, he says, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Yeshua, the Messiah, uh, as, a, as a good soldier of Yeshua, the Messiah. Now, if we are called soldiers, it means we belong to an army. An army has a standard uniform that all of us must wear. The uniform is for uniformity, meaning that we are a singleness of purpose, which is what? To glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, and, uh, it, and it's supposed to be uniformity among the ranks, not for personal expression. That's where we go wrong. We think our dress is for personal expression. Let me express myself. No, it's not for that. Our dress is supposed to express our Lord Jesus Christ, period. That is what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to communicate the holiness, godliness, obedience, gentleness, and goodness of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what it's supposed to emphasize. And so all of the, all of our external is to be muted and all of the fruits of the spirit is supposed to be communicated by our, by our dress, by our dress and by our behavior, by our behavior. The uniform conveys that we belong to one body. Therefore, clothing was not meant for personal expression, but to convey loyalty to Jesus Christ. That's what our dress should convey, that we are loyal to Jesus Christ. Our dress is a witness. It's not just about, oh, well, God doesn't care about your outward appearance. No, yes, he does. Because your outward appearance tells, as we saw in Proverbs chapter 7, whether you are a prostitute or whether you are a bride of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that goes for men and that goes for women. So we have to be very, very careful how we dress. We need to be obedient to the teaching of the apostles. Stop wearing the gold jewelry. Stop wearing the jewelry. Stop wearing the makeup. Stop wearing these form-fitting clothing. Stop drawing attention to yourself and draw attention to Jesus Christ through your dress by muting your dress. By being dressing in a conservative way, dressing in, in a way that covers your whole body up and covers covers your hair, covers all that. Don't you, it doesn't wear makeup, no drooling, none of these distracting things that take away from our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray, Heavenly Father. Thank you for your word. Help us each one to dress modestly and in a way that glorifies you. We ask it in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.